Ah. Uh, thought I'd start this off by sounding kind of scared. Ah, uh, no. It's not even Halloween, but uh, I got my blood taken today. I went to the doctors and I decided to get a full checkup. I wanted to get my blood taken. They're going to get back to me in a week. I'm going to find out if I'm deficient or anything. They're going to find out everything. Jesus, hopefully they don't uh, clown me. You know what I mean? Just gave away me blood. That's my blood. I should be charging you for taking me blood. Anyway, um, an interesting situation I had with the nurse has 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 stayed with me. So, so I entered the room and she said, uh, would you like to sit down or lie down? I looked at her, I was like, uh, either one, I don't really care, whatever's handiest for you. And she said, uh, from my experience, it's better for men to lie down. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't, I don't know why you're throwing us all into the same box here, but like, look, I won't, I won't argue with you. You're the nurse. Obviously, I didn't say this. This was in an internal dialogue. So I was like, yeah, sure. Lie down. Uh, made a fist. She popped the needle in. I mean, she could see my tattoos. I don't know if that gave away that I'm all right with a bit of pain. Keep in mind, there's zero pain. So this is a... This is a thing in your head. Um, it's like the smallest prick and you don't even feel the blood being drawn. And then it was done. Um, and she was like, okay, and now easy getting up in case you feel faint. Like, I followed her advice, but I was like, I don't know. I'm absolutely grand. Like, you know, um, again, she's the nurse. So, you know, I, t I took what she said into... In into consideration, you know, I did get up slowly just in case something was there, but I was like, nah, I know me, that wouldn't, nah. So then I asked her, like, what do you, like, do you mean this is a psychological thing or a physiologi physiological thing? Psychologically, um, the idea of blood being drawn, the idea of needles can really scare some people, and then, you know, she's talking about men in particular, so then is it because men don't like to see blood? Uh, men aren't maybe used to the concept of blood, whereas women would you know, have a menstrual cycle once a month, be very used to blood, blood clots being coming out of their body. It's just a, a part of, you know, they have that closer relationship maybe to uh, to their body and to, to the liquid that's circulating inside of us and keeping us all alive. Um, or is it a physiological response for the same reasons? Because men do not... Uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for the right word, release blood, uh, excrete, we don't excrete blood, um, so then is it is it literally the body's blood pressure, but yeah, I felt grand, and, and she said, yeah, a bit of both could be, uh, sometimes people get a blood pressure effect, I was like, okay, well, that actually does make sense, doesn't it, if guys never get their blood removed, but it's just such a small amount, it'd be surprising, Unless you have a low, like, uh, what's it called? If low blood cells, like plate, platelets, is that what's called? If you have, like, not enough of them, I could see how your blood then is, like, low, and that would affect you. Interestingly enough, there's actually a, a theory out there, I don't know how scientifically backed it is, um, that one of the reasons women live longer is for this excretion every month of blood. Um, and the fact that men don't mean that a lot of the toxins just get stay in the body and don't, don't get to, to, to leave. Um, 
which furthermore is a theory as to why I think men can be a bit more careless and aggressive almost like uh, evolution's way of getting us to bang ourselves so that we actually do release blood so that we cut and we punch each other and then the blood comes out <laughs> that's so stupid like that's that's so barbaric um that it, mm, it could be some truth to it so yeah it had me furthermore kind of asking like okay let's put the physiological to the side because you can't control that that's just how your body reacts, right? Fair enough. But then the psychological, like why people are afraid of needles, why people are afraid of blood. I mean, something in my head could feel a little bit scared, but then I just kind of hack it. And I'm like, no, this has to be done. It'd be grand, it'd be fine. And then once I say that in my head, that's just who I become. Um, have I ever had an extreme fear of needles? No, but I was could I be afraid of them yeah I was afraid of everything growing up um so basically this in this episode I want to discuss fears I want to discuss getting over fears I want to discuss where fears come from why and talk about a few of the fears I've had I was such a sensitive kid I was afraid of everything um one of the main standout phobias I guess I could say I had was called scopophobia or sometimes scoptophobia it's uh, an anxiety disorder characterized by a morbid fear of being seen or stared at by others uh, so it's it's an intense paranoia where basically in, in in large social settings actually not even just walking around my own village my own hometown but mostly like in shopping centers or like in the city center when it's busy I would feel so uncomfortable. I'd feel so seen. Um, and I feel like people were staring at me. Uh, keep in mind, I had a lot of acne at the time. Uh, I had an underbite in my jaw. And uh, I had long hair to kind of cover my face. And overall, I just felt very ugly, unattractive. And yeah, I just didn't want to be looked at. Very strange, very strange to relate to that person. Um, that person isn't as boisterous, could you say, as this person that's sitting on front of you. But that's the beauty of getting older, isn't it? You never, you know, you kind of you go through some things and then you change. Um, yeah. And it's funny as well. It's funny how then, like, in college, I would have purposely put myself out there to be in other people's films. And I would have been, like, I wasn't that much of an actor, but I would have been, like, always been, like, oh, if you if you need a model, if you're taking pictures, if you're doing film, like, I'm your man, I'm your man. I just put myself forward. Um, and even before that, even a little before that, I would purposely dress in clothes that made me feel uncomfortable, that made me feel, like, not, I guess, beautiful. I kind of wanted to be beautiful for a long time, which is a strange thing, maybe. Or not strange. An uncommon thing for a man to say, or even to admit. But I think for a lot of my youth, I wanted to feel beautiful. Um, and I didn't. So, <clears throat> so I purposely wear weird clothing so that I stand it out, so, you know, so that people would look at me, but it was my, in, in, I controlled it. Um, and also because then I didn't give them the power of judging me. It says like, you can't judge me based off something that I'm purposely 
you know, I'm ridiculing myself, so good luck, you know? Which, of course, is, is just a whole fucking game with yourself anyway, because no one was looking at you to begin with. That's a weird thing. As you get older, you realize no one really cares. <laughs> it's like this beautiful, like, just, like, thing you have to realize. Yeah, no one, no one really cares about you. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, like, you're just not as important as they think. In a weird way, narcissism is that. Narcissism, narcissism isn't just you thinking you're the shit. Narcissism can also be... It's just you thinking the world revolves around you. It can be you thinking... You aren't that shit, but you are shit. You're just a shit person. And that the world's falling apart because you're a shit person and everyone's looking at you because you're a shit person. Everyone, Everyone's life's ruined when you're down. All this stuff. And it's just not true. Um, you do matter, but you're just not that... You're just not that important. Ugh, I have to be careful how I word this. I don't want anyone uh, feeling disenfranchised at this moment I just used that word without really knowing what that meant disenfranchised let's ask the internet disenfranchised deprive someone to the right to vote eh close enough so one of the things the tactics I would use when I had um, when I would have this uh, this anxiety in me this this scopophobia I would count cameras in shops I would count the amount of CCTV cameras on me um, to make me feel, I don't know, I guess to keep track of, of how many things I was being surveyed by. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily digital. It was more to do with people looking at me. But the cameras were able to kind of symbolize something that gave me a bit more control. So yeah, one of the ways that I got over that fear, I think later on in life, was by creating a different version of myself when I went to college a version of, of, of me that uh, wanted to put himself out there and you know was very social and all these things and you know fake it until you make it is true like I wasn't lying I was just exaggerating a part of me that I wanted to become more of that I wanted to blossom and, and overcome more than the fear um, and then yeah dressing like that in public do you know I actually read that some famous philosopher was known for doing that but I, I didn't read about that when I did that like it was just my own I'm so unique it was just no but it was it was just my own thing that I did and it wasn't until years later I kind of di uh, diagnosed it I, I I broke it apart and realized like why I was doing that back then it's like oh I was doing that because oh you know and then I heard that some, uh, f was it Socrates? I don't know, someone like that. Another major fear I had growing up was a fear of dogs. I know, I know, I'm a horrible person. Uh, everyone loves dogs. But the thing is, I was bit by a dog as a baby. I didn't do anything to a dog. To any dog lovers out there who instantly just blame me, blame the victim for being bit. It's like, oh, you were probably pulling his tail. It's like, you weren't there, like, chill out, <laughs> fucking dog lover, you know? You probably have a wife or a husband that's that's been abandoned on the other side of the couch because you're giving so much love to your dog. Like, chill out. Jesus. I'll take a sip of my coffee. No, I love dogs now. I love dogs. But, um, 
This dog belonged to when I was a baby. My parents went and visited a a cousin of mine's granny, and uh, this dog was kind of used to an, an older an older. What? She, I don't know where my brain's going. I'm stalling here. Uh, she was used to just like older people. And I was like a little baby and I was getting loads of attention. And according to my parents, I think the dog just got jealous. And uh, I went to pet it under the table and it bit me. Bit my hand. Horrible thing for a baby. Big dog biting the hand. Um, that being said, I don't like, I don't know if this is just because of my own perspective of experiencing that, but I would never leave a baby alone with a big dog. I don't care how gentle you say your dog is, a little tiny child under the table with a big dog. There's no judgment to my parents either, by the way. But um, yeah, I just don't think I would I would give to those circumstances. Um, dogs are, are animals, and they're, they're closer to being a wild animal than a human is. So, as much of a good personality your dog has, it still has crazy tea, it's still able to be jealous, it still wants to survive, and I don't think it has, you know, as complex a morality as a human does, so I just would not leave a small infant in that circumstance. But I digress, back to the subject at hand. Exactly, my hand was bitten, um, and... And yeah, I was fucked up. And for years, I was terrified of dogs. They were my number one fear, I remember. Uh, anytime I saw a dog, I had to cross the road. Anytime I f- was over at my friend's house, they had to hide their dogs. It was it was horrible. Because everyone loved dogs, and here I was. And so I just decided at one point, like, I can't continue to live my life this way. They're everywhere. You know, I don't want to be a victim to my surroundings. You know, I hate, I hate victim mentality. And... Uh, don't get me wrong, if you've been a victim to something, um, there's no need to deny it. You need to obviously work through it and work through that trauma. And it's it's healthy to, to admit that you were a victim and that something horrible happened to you. But there's, you know, those some people that just like really cling on to the fact that they were a victim to this and to this and to this. And it's like everyone has shit in their life. Um, and that doesn't mean that yours is less valid. But are you kind of clinging on to this as a bit of an identity? As a way of kind of validating yourself or getting attention or love seeking validation it's i don't know different strokes for different folks but i don't like pity i don't like feeling weak um yeah i just like feeling independent and and i don't don't like that that sense of people going like oh you know um i don't think it's a masculine thing i think it's just a it's just a personality trait Yeah. Also, like, I don't like hassling people. I don't like people's lives being rudely affected by mine. To a certain degree. Like, if I say something you don't agree with, I mean, there's only so much I can help you with that. But, like, if you have to hide your dog every time I come to your house, that just makes me feel like a, like a pain. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's annoying. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like have to like doing that to others. That seems that seems more selfish than anything. So yeah, I, I wanted to get over it, and I decided I'll start off with dogs that I actually 
find attractive you know that i like that i that i think are cute that i'd like to approach that that attract me to wanting to actually pet it which was of course a scottish terrier my uncle had a scottish terrier and its name was whiskey it was such a beautiful dog so i just learned online i started watching videos you know about dog communication how to get down put your hand on the ground they come to you they sniff the hand then from there that's kind of an invite to petting them you know where a lot of people that aren't dog people go wrong is they do this strange thing where they kind of like stick their hand out and then like start to bring their hand down above the dog which terrifies dogs um, and can result in a bite or the dog to distrust you because it looks kind of intimidating you have to come down to the dog's level, put your hand out, let it sniff you, then you pet it, you know, and then you show it that you're in charge because it's a pack animal and it actually wants to be led. Um, you know, like when people are getting walked by their dogs, like that's, oh God. If I had a dog, nah, that wouldn't be happening. That would not be happening. Um, Cause then it just rules your life in every other way. You know, it thinks it's it's the master. You know, and, and look, again, animal rights people out there, I'm not saying you have to fucking, you know, my dog is my object. It's nothing like that. But, like, I'm not my dog's object either. We're going to either, you know, um, like, I'm going to lead the dog because it's a pack animal. And, uh, you know, I have more responsibility. I'm the one that's, like, paying for everything. I'm the one, <laughs> I'm the one that's, like, giving it a home. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to lead it. Um... I think what I said is responsible, but like sometimes in today's world, you kind of have to watch what you say because it can be miscued in different ways. And also people are so, it's it's because of social media, people are so ready to react to a, a buzz, a buzzword or a catchphrase in your sentence that could be wrong as opposed to ever really looking for context, which is so bizarre. It's so bizarre. You see it all the time these days. It's terrifying. Our brains have all become like quick snaps for just like trashy headlines. <laughs> drama, 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 drama. Um, yeah, which is weird. It's almost like the world has gone into some form of anxiety itself. Paranoid frenzy. So anyway, Whiskey was gorgeous. Cute little dog. Um, and yeah it just kind of started small and then worked my way up now i love alsatians i love big dogs i love all dogs and so that's my story about how i overcame my fear of dogs uh what else was i afraid of the dark very common one the dark is i think you know one of the most common fears ever um i believe it's 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 extremely common all over the world um the the correct term for it is Let's see if I can pronounce this. Nectophobia. Um, it's an extreme fear of night or darkness that can, that can cause intense symptoms of anxiety or depression. Um, for me, it usually led to not being able to sleep at night. Uh, and um, and just being, being up all night with, uh, with very existential thoughts. Yeah. Shit, I'm trying to think of the word that someone that can't sleep. Um, 
addiction to pee, does it? Word for someone who can't sleep. Insomniac. Oh, I got that. Oh my god, insomnia. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit of an insomniac as a teenager. A lot of times I go to school, kind of sleep deprived, because I'd just be awake all night with with just rapid thoughts. And um, but a lot of that had to do with the fear of, of night and the kind of the end of day. And then my brain would just be quite existential, and the, the end of day would also make me think of the end of life, you know, and what is life, and what is my life, and why am I on this earth, and why do I have these parents, and who am I, and am I good, and why do I exist, do I deserve to exist, what am I going to do with my life, this kind of shit, so I was a bit of an insomniac, definitely with extreme existential thoughts from my childhood to my teenage years, um, but mostly it was a fear of the dark, it was a fear of the unknown. Uh, I had a very extreme imagination, very vivid, very vivid, um, which was great as a kid, but once you kind of get a bit older and things get more dark and intense and moody, um, especially with the pills I was on for my acne, which are just the craziest extreme steroids that I think are harder to find these days and should be because they're fucking crazy. I'll talk about that someday. Um, Racketine is what it's called. Crazy, crazy pills. Kind of intensified certain of certain parts of my depression, my teens. And so anyway, my imagination intensified and probably older than I should have been, I was scared of the dark. Like even maybe to early twenties. Um, yeah, I would just hear voices, I would see things. I would feel like a presence is in the room. You know, I'd always do that thing. You, you know, you turn off all the lights, but then you keep like one on, and then you have to like put on the alarm. Then you'd like run up the stairs, and as you're running up the stairs, I'd always imagine that like hands are literally like reaching out, trying to grab my legs and pull me into the darkness. <laughs> or, or you'd walk past a sitting room and the door is open, like someone would leave the door open. And it's just this like dark void. And you're like, I don't know what's going on in there, but if something's in there, it can see me. It has all the power. So how did I get over that? I spent a lot of time in the dark, staring at myself in the mirror, because I'm a crazy person. I just decided I don't want to feel like a fucking stranger in my own house. I don't want to be scared of the home I live in. At the very least, you should feel safe in where you live. And even if you're afraid of the dark, you shouldn't be afraid of the dark of your own home, because it's your own home. That's like saying you're afraid of the dark of someone you love when everyone has darkness in them, you know? We all have darkness in us. We all have good and bad bits and we need to embrace it all. We need to love it all. Obviously, if someone you love is going around chopping up bodies, maybe like take them to the side and be like, ah, no, don't do that. I don't love that you do that. And then they could be like, ah, you're right. I'll stop. You'd be like, you swear? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, I pinky swear. And then you go to take out your pinky. And then they literally take out a pinky. And you're like, hey, where did you get this from? And they're like, oh, I just carry around severed fingers in my pocket. I don't know where I'm going with this. Sorry. Uh, vivid imagination. Yeah. Okay. So um... <laughs> there's a thought. So no. Yeah, I, I would just go into the sitting room 
I would close all the doors and I'd be in complete darkness and I'd wait until my eyes adjust and of course your eyes are incredible eventually you can make out the room you can make out yourself but your brain I've talked about this before is literally just a story box all your brain does is look for patterns and then from the patterns it creates a narrative even if the narrative isn't there that's true that is correct this is science cannot actually trust your perspective you also cannot trust your memory because every time you look back on the memory you dilute it and you look at it through the filter of where you are now and the emotions and the experiences you have now so you actually change your memory every time so like your pers- like the fucking human experience is, is actually so flawed because it's um it's all about survival so we're constantly creating stories out of things that aren't there with that being said, this is a more exaggerated version of that because I'm literally making stories about something that isn't there. I'm standing in the dark and my brain's making shapes out of different shadows and different objects in the room and you see things and... I don't know, you just have to stand strong in it. You just have to be like... Not only am I going to face the darkness of this room and the darkness of my own home because I need to feel safe in it, but I'm going to stare at myself and face the darkness in my own head because this is my own head and I need to feel safe in my own head. So do your worst. Fucking let all the monsters out. Let me see them. Let me face myself. Let me work through it. And I did. And it's fine. Now I'm cool with the darkness. I'm just like, yeah, it's like the same, but with the lights off, you know? So it's grand. What else? I was afraid of trees. I don't know why. Again, this is more related to the dark. I was never afraid of trees during the day, but at nighttime, a lot of times, if I was walking home from someone's house, the trees always, the circles on the trees looked like eyes. Um, and I guess this is tying two fears together the scopophobia and the, the fear of the dark coming together and creating images. The trees always looked like they had eyes. The trees have eyes that were watching me as I'd walk home. Um, and that always creeped me out and made me feel really uncomfortable. And it's really, it's really shit fear. Of all the fears to be, like, trees are great. They do so much for the earth. I love trees now. I give a tree a hug whenever I can. I was in the botanic gardens there two days ago with my friends and uh, just got swarmed by squirrels. It was great. It was fantastic. And got to see loads of different types of trees. And uh, I love it. I love nature. I love trees. Don't know. I really, really can't relate to that person that was afraid of trees. But, um, within the context, that makes sense. I was afraid of heights. I used to get shaky legs just going up on a ladder into the attic. Literally one floor. Like, what's that? Like, six steps, if even. That used to give me, like, the, the, the shaky legs. Zero fear now. I don't know. It's just funny. It's funny how many things I was afraid of um, social anxiety that's probably a very common one I don't know if it's necessarily a phobia <laughs> uh, excuse me there um, yeah I don't know if social anxiety is classified necessarily as a phobia social phobia okay Okay, yeah, I guess it is kind of, you know, I'm going to have some coffee to get me out of this this fatigue that has succumbed me, English language, and so, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's one of the most common things around the world, 
yeah, I get very scared of even hanging out with my own friends sometimes. Um, the number of people within the group seems to have a major effect on my level of fear. I've noticed over the years. After three decades of, of being the person I'm talking about in question. Um, so that's something I figured that out. I've quantified that it has. So I'm, I'm just better in smaller numbers, which is interesting because that's more of an introvert thing. And I don't, I don't really know what I am because I just seem so extroverted based off the last few years of my life. But there's plenty of introverted stuff there too. So it's it's hard to know. I'm also an ENFP personality type. And the E obviously stands for extroverted. So again, confusing. Also, like, I, I love people. I need to hang out with people. But, like, I, I'm so grand hanging out by myself. Like, to the point where sometimes I prefer my own company over anyone's. Um, when I don't hate myself. And even when I hate myself, I still prefer my own company over others. But like, I just like, I really, I really like enjoying my space. I, I need time away from everyone where I can kind of just go into my cave and just edit or just watch stuff and just be me. Um, and that's a very more introverted thing. So, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, one of the most common fears in the world is actually uh, public speaking. Um, I, I kind of tie that a little bit into social anxiety. Um, that is considered glossophobia, or speech anxiety, is the fear of public speaking. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like considered the most common. It's a very common phobia. It's affecting 75% of the population, there you go. So if you have a fear of this, remember it's it's fine. A lot of people do. And we're you know, why? Why is always a good way to start with your fears? Why are you afraid? Did this start from a story when you were young that you just believed about yourself that might not necessarily be true? Um or is it something that really like rattles you to the bone? And is it something that you don't need to overcome or could you overcome it? And would you feel really good if you overcame it? You know, just discussing fears in general because I've overcome a lot of fears and it's given me a lot of confidence in my life and it's, it's allowed me to, to feel brave and to feel... Yeah, to feel proud of myself. Um, and to feel like I have less limitations. Like, I can't do this or I can't do that because I have a fear of this and I have a fear of that. It's just like, what's with all these fucking binders on life you know it's like you're living like you know in town when they put on the the binders on the horse and the horse can only run in one straight way instead of like being like free and open i just want to be a horse without the binders i want to be a horse that can run through a field in any direction and not have to be limited by its own limitations you know because before you deal with anyone telling you what to do or what you can't do the first level is dealing with yourself and that, in one way, is actually the hardest level. Because once you open that up, it kind of changes the game. What do you allow yourself to do? What do you not allow yourself to do? How do you speak to yourself? Is it nice or bad? You know? Um, what beliefs do you hold? And are they true? Oh, I can't do that because I'm, I'm this. Why do you say that? 
Is that factually correct? Or is it just a belief you've been repeating in your head for so long that you believe it? And what would it cost you to change that belief and to see things from a different perspective? And if you don't believe it, what are the steps you could take to get through it? For example, public speaking. I hated how uncomfortable public speaking made me feel in college when I had to stand up and present, do a presentation. I'd be shaking and straight after I would run out of the room and have a mini panic attack, you know. I've, my social anxiety has been bad, you know. Uh, in secondary school, I'd always spend 10 minutes outside the building just by myself, kind of breathing and figuring out how I, I needed to stand and how to feel before walking in. And then I'd take a deep breath and I'd walk in and I'd be like, fine. Um, the same with every job pretty much I've ever had until I started freelancing a few years ago. Um, before I started running my own business in video and photography and getting myself out there and actually push it. I'm just realizing how much I've changed. Like like every, for years I just worked in uh, a lot of bars and restaurants and I was quite insecure and I'd always step out, I'd always be outside the job 10 minutes early just so I could get my breath and like have a little mini panic attack out of the way. And then I walk in and try to act like cool as a cucumber. <laughs> um, but yeah, inside I was dying. reliving some of those jobs and, and, and how stressed I was on the inside you know whereas nowadays you know I put myself out there I put my, my work out there I put I put my myself out there and I say look at me I'm willing to work give me work here's your here's your here's the video you know like it's it's such a different such a different thing but you see you can't get to that place until you start you gotta just move towards it but um, getting back to public speaking, which, which, like I said, I do think, uh, in a way, it's it's a it's an extension of social anxiety, being judged by your peers, having a large number of people looking at you, you saying things. Yeah, I would stumble a lot. I would stutter. My face would go red. I'd just start sweating. Um, yeah, it was horrible. But I don't know, I, th I think uh, one way I kind of overcame that was was trying to be entertaining, try to tell stories, try to make people laugh, try to interact with people in, in like social settings, you know. And it's kind of easier to do it in pubs because of drinking and you're kind of in a good buzz anyway. But that doesn't take away from it, you know, it's all kind of practice. So I just... I didn't intentionally do this, but I, I guess I, I, I started to practice by going out more and, and like drinking and meeting people and, and meeting new people and seeing if I could have interactions with people that were completely authentic, that weren't forced, but also that were kind of charismatic. Um, and not from, you know, a place because I want to be charismatic, but because I want to connect with people. Because I want, you know, if I truly look like, here's one thing I always like to do. I, I, I compliment people don't compliment people in a forced way only do it if it's completely authentic if you really like something about someone say it and don't think about it for too long like say it as soon as you kind of see it unless it's like nice ass you gotta be careful saying shit like that but like yeah if you're like cool boots ah oh, nice haircut you know just even to randomers i feel like that 
that's such a good thing to do i used to love doing that walking around town seeing how i could interact with people you know anytime you go into a shop and people seem depressed the workers there see if you can make their day just by being a bit silly or, or embarrassing yourself or, or even trying to connect with them just like make eye contact like say say their name they have a badge like say their name back to them do you know how much you could change someone's day when they're working in a shop and they're so fucking bored and everyone's just treating them you know everyone like no offense to the people coming in like they're not meant to entertain they're just they just want to buy their fucking bar and get the hell out of there and so you as the worker are just seen as the thing in between them getting the bar and getting out of the shop and so they don't really want you know and some workers don't want to be bothered either so it's it's just about kind of sussing out the situation but that's that's what i mean you, you learn a bit about psychology you learn a little bit about body language you learn a bit about energy you, you learn about your own boundaries and other people's and how to respect it and not taking things too seriously understanding your own insecurities a big thing for me in that place in those times at those times was being nice to people and saying hi and then them not saying hi back and then me being really pissed off and it's like they owed me nothing you know what I mean? Just because I decide to be overly friendly doesn't mean they have to meet me halfway. Um, so that's another thing to be to be wary of. Not let your insecurities get in the way of you being authentic and 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 reaching out. Because it shouldn't be forced, and it shouldn't be something that's uh, looking to get something from others. That's that's truly important. And so I haven't done public speaking in a while, but I feel like if I had to now, I'd be a lot better. Um, there is clubs you can join where you learn public speaking. And you learn how to speak, you learn how to talk, and it's it's a whole formality. You don't have to go down that route, but you could. I forget what it's called right now. It's called something masters, I think, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it's very like... Not posh, but I think it's quite formal. Like everyone wears suits and they've got badges, and I feel like they clink glasses and shit. <laughs> um, I forget what it's called, but but look into it if you're looking to overcome your public speaking. It's a massive fear. I feel like it'd be good for you because, or start a podcast. Just do what I'm doing now. This is a form of public speaking, very different because I don't have to look out into a sea of people. Um, but it's similar. And it allows me to sharpen my speech tool, let's say. In school, I would really struggle sometimes talking to my own peers. I would stutter. I would think of three words that are similar for the same meaning. And then my mouth would compete for each. My brain would compete for each word while I was in conversation with people. My brain would be thinking so fast. And I would have all these different words at the same time. And as I just said there, I would sometimes have parallel words, the same word but different words for the same word and i wouldn't be able to choose one so my mouth would say a combination of the words and would mix it together um which was hilarious for my own friends that would bully me um but yeah i don't know what came first the social anxiety or the friends in secondary that would make constant fun of me and belittle me and write all over my shit talk over me and ignore me and kick me in the nuts and piss in my drink don't know if maybe that led to social anxiety and my fear of being vulnerable my fear of not trusting people my fear of large groups my fear of not making friends but like i said we ain't no victim to our circumstances we're not gonna let some 
six years of depression affect the next decades of life you can't do you know why because that's the past you're not living that you're living in the present slash future and more and more you need to look at what you want to happen rather than what you don't want aha we cracked it what is fear fear i think more than anything is it's two things fear is an anxiety of things that go bad in the future but it's also can be very past lived as in based off things that happened in the past you're kind of reliving them and expecting them in the future this isn't really living this is kind of just constantly well it's living in fear as opposed to love and then in a weird way you're almost recreating constant fear and constant shit to happen um, no one's saying don't you don't learn survival tactics and and prepare for negative things to happen but if you're emotionally and in your imagination constantly investing in only negative thoughts only negative things happening only people are going to do this people are shit and just expecting the worst you're kind of going to become a rotten person or at least a terrified person that isn't really proactive in your own life so reconsider that reconsider that if there's a way that you could start making baby steps towards first of all in your head just seeing yourself overcome things and and feeling confident feeling brave because you deserve that you absolutely deserve that because your life your the quality of your life will tremendously increase um yeah what else was i afraid of let's see i think that's it that's it but, the, but they were quite big fears um for me and i've pretty much overcome all of them i don't really know if i have a fear of of anything these days um you know sometimes i get a a bit of a bit of social anxiety especially in these times when we're kind of pulling away from each other and we're afraid to touch anyone and everyone's wearing masks and a little bit a little bit of social anxiety um but overall I feel quite good in my skin I feel quite comfortable and I'm definitely not afraid of heights because I'm planning to jump out of a plane before the end of the year um, skydiving of course not uh, not uh, not ending things not yet I'll give it another 30 years um, I'm definitely not afraid of dogs because I'd love to have a dog I'm definitely not afraid of the night I think the night is gorgeous I love the dark I love the moon I think there's a stillness in the dark that can create create more creativity sometimes. Just like a more creativeness in the air when things are dark. Um, maybe it's maybe it's the emptiness that you have to fill it with your imagination. And I kinda like that. I'm definitely not afraid of trees. I love nature. Yeah, I think I was just afraid of, of life for a good while. Um And like I said, it's just not proactive. It's it's nice to feel like you're the main character of your own story, not in a narcissistic way, you know, because there's a fine line there between self-love and narcissism, but in a self-love way, especially Irish people, we sometimes have an issue with self-love, with, with self-respect. Um, no, actually, our self-respect's pretty high. Eh, no, but self-love, like, just, like, just look yourself in the mirror and be like, I fucking love you, because you're all I have. Like... 
Everything else, all these people, all these objects, all these goals, they're just extensions and accessories of the, the primary thing that is my life, which is you, me, you in the mirror, me, <laughs> me or you, you are me. Okay, you and I, an eye for an eye. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, I think I'm going to end this now. But, um, but yeah, try to write down things that scare you and, and see if you can cross-check them a reality and see if, if there's any you can cross off in the next year, you know? Um, 2020's been a really good year to kind of be introspective. And... 2020 brought a lot of fear over me, a fear of the unknown, a fear of the future, fear of society, where's things going, fear of my health, I've now improved my health, I wasn't looking after myself in 2019, I'm, I'm looking after my mental health through counselling, um, through meditation, through just watching how I talk to myself, everything I just said there a second ago, looking at myself in the mirror every now and then and being like, you got this, you're beautiful, you're fucking, you're great. You know, you're not perfect. No one is. You've made some mistakes. I don't always enjoy being you, but I'm going to work hard to enjoy it because you deserve that. Because you're all I have. You, you are what I have. You, I'm going to turn you into something that I can love even more. You know, there has to be some type of radical acceptance eventually in your life. There just has to be. There has to be a point eventually where, again, unless you're chopping fingers. Uh, or har harming anyone there has to be a point where you kind of just say I accept you as you are and from that place of love and acceptance I'm also going to improve you so I can love you even more without any guilt you know I want to love myself so much that I don't even have to think in the back of my head oh but I'm not really that great I can just improve those things so yeah 2020 has had some shit that's made me, made me scared, made me, made me pretty terrified at certain points. I mean, I thought I had the coronavirus. Maybe I still did. I don't know. I'll never be checked because I was so busy in Ireland back in the start of April. But I, I was unwell with a lot of the symptoms and I stayed quarantined. That was a scary time. Then my dad got it. And then I've lost my granny. Um, you know people's jobs people's mental health it's a, in one way it's a scary time it's you know i definitely have a fear of the coronavirus and what it's doing to the world but um i can't just sit at home being scared it's not proactive and it's not productive but it is valid and that's another thing i don't want to sound like just some robot that looks at my emotions and says nope I am no longer afraid. I will work on that so that I am no longer afraid because only little weak ass people are afraid of things. You gotta be proactive, you gotta be strong. Like, it's not just that. Like, I, I, if you're afraid of things, like, admit it. Be like, it is valid. Like, I hear you. That sucks. And I'm sure you've been through some shit, and that's why you're afraid. I don't want to take that away from you and I don't want to devalue it. You're totally entitled um, to feel bad about anything that's been done to you or anything you've been through. Um, I mean, even going back to why I was afraid of the dark, some of it was was obviously before this, but 
you know, just been a few times in my teens and young and my early twenties to mid twenties, where I've been chased out of parks, where I've been attacked, um, kicked. You know, I've had lads attack me. You know, that's 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 just a, a fear I've had as a as a young man living in Ireland, living in Dublin, growing up. I've I've had to be afraid um, of certain areas. Um, and that's kind of just part of life unfortunately like good people aren't everywhere and there's shit people in certain places and they're gonna seek out victims and if you smell like weakness you'll be an easy target for them unfortunately I just don't think we'll ever live in a world where where bad people don't exist Uh, you know and like those people hopefully they're not just bad people because that'd be too simple maybe they were just going through a bad time and that's the day impressed their friends they're like look at that guy with the the curly afro let's just be him up um he's walking alone he's got his head down he's listening to headphones he's already looking at us he looks nervous easy target he looks so scared let's just kick him in the face then we look hard we look like hard lads on front of our mates you know maybe they look back at that and they're like they think ah he didn't deserve that the way that guy's lip got <laughs> got uh, his braces pierced into his lip once, once I was attacked and I had the I, I don't know if I did it up the street or if I did it once I arrived at my friend's place but I had to like take my lip out of my braces it like it literally my lip got pierced onto my train tracks and I had to unstab it unhinge it out that wasn't a great look um yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. Where am I going with this? I don't know. Anyway, just look after yourself. And your fears are valid, but also they don't have to. They don't have to rule your life. You could rule your life with love could rule your life with expecting nicer things and planning towards nicer things um, because you'll just enjoy life more because there's parts of life that are like a nightmare but all of life doesn't have to be a nightmare you can have like literal moments of bliss and, and wonder and excitement and adventure and feel like you're in some type of a movie like in a good way <laughs> um, so yeah Fear of spiders, that's the other one. That's a massive one. Why are people afraid of spiders? That must be something that like originates in our brain. Anyway, ah, oh, fuck. I like really ended the podcast well and then I just ruined it by spiders, spiders. Um, yeah, let me know your fears. Let me know what you're afraid of. Let me know if there's any interesting fears out there. People, Some people are afraid of clowns. Eh, yeah, don't get it. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Go, go face your fears. Yeah, have a good one. I love you. No, I don't. I don't know you. But uh, I'm going to finish this here. Because... See, now I, I... What, do I have, like, a fear of ending this? This is, like, the longest episode of Tone and Oil. And scene.